This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. With so much health information online or available on an app, it's easy to search for information on your symptoms, conditions, or health choices. But how do you know which sites are reliable and which sites should you trust if you come across conflicting information? Our trusted contributor, pharmacist Nayan Patel of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, joins us now in studio to talk about some of the online tools available to keep you healthy and informed. Thanks for coming in again. Thank you very much for having me here. So um, as well, we want to be able to discuss uh, how you can navigate all of the available online health information. And that's the thing. I mean, the Internet is great because we can find out all kinds of information. But for the same reason, the Internet is not so good. What do health professionals think about self-diagnosis? Well, I actually um, encourage patients to do that. I want them to take um, some initiative and take to, um, you know, uh, finding things out on them on, on their own, and and when they do that, they really get empowered, and I really like that. And when they come to me, they're already educated. They're asking me the right questions, and then it, we're already one step ahead. Now, I can see the internet though almost being a better tool in the U.S., where universal health care is not everyone doesn't have it. Whereas here, we can go to the doctor. Why would we research something online when we can just book an appointment with a doctor? Well, as you know, um, you ha- you must have a doctor, and you know it's very challenging sometimes. We we have so much so limited time with our physician, and I think if we don't do our homework on our own, then I think we're not as prepared when we go to the doctor. And sometimes we'll have questions after we come back from the doctor, and you know it's not um, always convenient to go book another appointment and, and to wait. So your pharmacist also is a great resource. Mm-hmm. So you know you can always pick up the phone and call your pharmacist. Usually your pharmacist will be able to come on on the line and talk to you or you can walk in a store. But before you do that, maybe you want to do it, you know, when you have time, maybe 10 o'clock at night and you want to, you have time finally after your long day and you want to answer some questions that you have. And that's the thing. It has to be the combination of information with the consultation with the health professional so that you're not going out on a limb and treating yourself based on what you're reading. That's right. So you want to make sure you're understanding it properly. And when when you're taking a medication or doing something that might affect your health, I think you want to double check and make sure that it is going to be safe for you. So how do we approach medical information online? I have a sore back or I feel something, I feel a strange twinge in my stomach. What do I do with that information when I go online or with that knowledge? How do I get the information I need? Well, I think the first thing is make sure that you're going to a a site that is reputable and uh, not a site where, you know, someone is just trying to sell you a product. So I think that um, making sure that you know who has written that information is important. Um, And I think you want to make sure that that the information is, um, uh, well, reliable, but also that um, uh, I would 
tend to go to a site where you know um, you know the name. So, for example, if you go to a certain pharmacy, um, and you you should be able to trust that information that's on that pharmacy website. They're usually well uh, planned. Um, the information is is verified. So I think you can feel safe in going to uh, a pharmacy website, for example. Okay, well, and let's talk specifically about that. Which which websites do you trust? <laughs> so actually, um, I think all the pharmacy websites, so if you have a, a brand that, of pharmacy that you're going to, uh, I looked at uh, all of them this morning, and I really didn't find anything that I would be um, afraid about. Um, the The information was very consistent, and, um, and I actually did a little... Uh, little test with my mom. So my mom is 69 and I had her go and, and uh, go to different pharmacy websites and I asked her to find out information on glucosamine. So she went to a couple of websites and, and she found that the ones that were the big stores and sold a lot of different products, she found it hard to navigate some of those websites. But the stores where they had um, pharmacy-focused, didn't sell a lot of other products. She found those much easier. And she found some of the stores that had were really small. Maybe he didn't have the resources to actually put the information on their website. Obviously, those weren't as helpful. So um, there's lots of different uh, pharmacy websites, and you can test them all out. So just simply by putting a glucosamine in the Google window and seeing what comes up, that's that maybe is going. That's a bit of a stretch in terms of what you're going to what you're going to get and how reliable it'll be. Yeah, I think what you're going to get if you did that is you're going to get a whole bunch of companies who are want to sell you glucosamine. Right. And and that way, you know, you're maybe not getting both sides of the story. You're getting one side. So I think uh, going to a site that is uh, not as Unpartial, and uh, they will um, tell you just how it like it is. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. If you have a question for our trusted contributor, pharmacist Nayan Patel of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and as you say, pharmacists in terms of the advice and the direction they can give you, it's it's very quick, it's very accessible, and it's similar to what you would get in your doctor's office. It's just the treatment portion then goes to the physician. That's right. So once you have a diagnosis um, and you want to have a, um, some treatment options, then the pharmacist is in a great position to give you some, some fairly quick answers. Right. What kind of apps, you know, when we think about the iPhone in particular, health issue-related apps, what's out there? There are so many. Um, you know, there's probably about... Uh, uh, Ten to twenty thousand different apps, just probably on healthcare-related uh, um, uh, concerns. So um, there are a lot of apps that treat, you know, general conditions. Um, so, for example, if you had diabetes, and you there are a m- number of different diabetes apps. If you wanted just drug information, then you know you could go and uh, and download um, an app that is uh, just a drug information. So you punch in the name of the drug, it spits out uh, what that drug is used for, some of the side effects, the cost, and that sort of thing. Okay, interesting. Uh, are there certain conditions or symptoms which are better served online? So in other words, are there common symptoms that a lot of people have? And I'm thinking in terms of a stomach ache or sore throat or something like that, or eye problems that you find more common in terms of what people are living with or dealing with? 
I think that there are. I think that we see that a lot. We see people going on um, just Googling their symptom. Uh, when you do that, sometimes you can get off on a tangent because um, one symptom can appear in many different disease states. So I think that when you're doing something like that, it's it's still best to probably see the pharmacist or the doctor to make sure that they are doing a, what we call a differential diagnosis and we get you the right one. But I find that the um, internet and apps and uh, things like that are really good when it comes down to specific disease states. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I'm a certified diabetes educator, so I'll mention, you know, diabetes.ca. I think it's a wonderful um, website to go to if you have diabetes. There's probably not anything else out there in Canada that has that much information and can really help you with understanding diabetes. And I find that uh, that same thing holds true for if you had a lung issue, lung.ca, amazing website. And, um, and you can tell when I'm, when I'm telling you about these websites, they're either government-funded or they're um, national associations. So heartandstroke.com is another good one. That's uh, Canadian um, Heart and Stroke Foundation, uh, their website. And so um, these are amazing, really, really good uh, sources of information. And if you had a condition like that, that's where I would go to first. The not-for-profit Websites, absolutely, yeah. And and who are they uh, consulting on getting their information for their websites? Well, they're 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 uh, doctors and um, and uh, people who are on um, on some of these boards that really look at what is our best practices for treating that disease state in Canada. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Do you have a question for our trusted contributor pharmacist, Nayan Patel? Maybe you've been living with some symptoms. You're not getting the answers you want, perhaps from a doctor or from even going online and trying to research what's going on. Are you stumped? You can't figure out. Maybe you can't sleep. Maybe you're having problems with your digestion. A lot of people have symptoms which are not life-threatening or terminal or anything like that, but they're annoying for your life. You know, neck pain, back pain, that kind of thing. 416-360-0740, What about treatments? How reliable are online sources for treatment? Again, I think it has to do with uh, what, which website you're going to. And um, is this uh, a website that is sponsored by a particular product? And obviously, they're going to be pushing their product if you go in and look at that website. So again, going to a general website, um, you know, the government has, uh, Ontario has a, a fairly good website called healthyontario.ca. And, you know, you can actually search for minor ailments on, on a lot of these websites. And they will give suggest to you what are all the different things that you can do. If the website only gives you one product, then I would be wary. Uh, because then you know there's they're in cahoots with some sort of manufacturer, right. more than likely. Yeah. What about Health Canada? What, what reasons would you go to Health Canada for? Would, to, to look up a particular drug, to see the side effects, that kind of thing? So Health Canada has a, a good website, which I look at fairly frequently, because they, if I want to look up to see if a product is available in Canada, I can search, and they'll tell me whether it's available. They'll also tell me about recalls. So... Um, are there many? Are there products that uh, the government has deemed not to be safe anymore? We shouldn't be taking. So they post those on the Health Canada website, and um, they'll also talk about drug shortages. They'll talk about um, uh, 
for example, um, new things in the media or, or new things that we've come up with. And uh, a popular one in the last day was uh, was released by uh, was ta- we talked about the Zika virus. So that was um, uh, posted on their website because people want to know if they've come back from a Caribbean country if they have if their symptoms match the Zika virus. I'm sure that's probably the most common request. That's right. All right, let's get to one call here before we go to break. Uh, Remy from Toronto, you have a question for our pharmacist, Nayan Patel. Go ahead, Remy. Oh, yes. Hi. Uh, I have a sleep disorder. A sleep disorder? Yeah. And I went to my doctor because, uh, but prior to that, I went to the pharmacy as well. And I bring all this uh, sleep, uh, like the melatonin, um, magnesium powder that I've been taking, plus the magnesium night. And my doctor told me not to take this magnesium night and instead just take the mag- melatonin and, in- and give me an injection of vitamin B12, which I said uh, I should the book. That the B12 should be combined with the melatonin. And how have you been feeling since then? Yes, uh, I feel a lot better. And it was so good to know that I learned from the book that I bought, I, I buy. Okay. Yes, people, people still do read books <laughs> to get <laughs> information. Right. Yes, yes. I, actually, I accidentally picked up this book from a trip store. Okay. Great. Yeah, and uh, I went to my doctor and chew it because I never knew about this vitamin B12 also combined with melatonin. Nayam, what do, what do you think about the advice that Remy was given? I think that's good. I'm, I'm, uh, I think that from a blood test, we can tell whether you're low in B12, and your doctor would be uh, perfect at uh, knowing that. Um, and you're right. There are some, there are some uh, products available that have B12 and melatonin combined together. So I think that was uh, good advice. And, and I, I'm also glad that uh, the doctor didn't recommend uh, a sleeping pill for you and wanted to try some of these other things. Right. And, uh, and that's the other good thing about um, doing some research, you know, by, in books and, and online, is that uh, why not uh, consider um, non-pharmacological ways of treating uh, sleep problems? So, um, so I encourage you to do that. Like, you know, how about, um, you know, making sure you're getting some exercise maybe before so that you're tired when you go to bed and having a regular sleep-wake cycle. And all of those things are really important as well. Yeah, I find, uh, and a lot of people think it's strange, but I don't mind going to the gym after dinner and before I go to bed because when you get into bed, you have this, the endorphins are going, you have this state of relaxation that kicks mm. in. It's easy to fall asleep. Yeah. We uh, The power of suggestion. We have a lot of people with symptoms on the line, so we'll take a very quick break and get back to your calls at 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about health information online with our trusted contributor, pharmacist Nayan Patel of the Ontario Pharmacist Association. Nayan, we've got a lot of calls, so we'll get to them now. Jackie from Etobicoke, you have a question for the pharmacist? Yes, I do. Uh, For several months now, I've been having daily cramps in my leg, and it's like it keeps coming back throughout the whole day. I don't know if it's a blood clot 
because it seems to be centered be right behind my left knee and then travels up to my hip. And I don't know if that's a blood clot because I've never had a blood clot before. Are they painful? Because this is excruciating pain. So it could be. And have you seen the doctor? And no, you... I haven't. I'm supposed to see him at the end of the month. Okay. Well, I think, you know, if it's really that painful, I think maybe you should uh, see if you can get in earlier and uh, and have it have it checked out. Because it could be a number of different things. And before we recommend anything, I think a physical exam would be in order. I see. Thanks. What kind of, what bell is ringing for you What when you hear symptoms like that? Well, I think um, it, it, it may be not a muscle issue, So, um, but definitely a, a blood clot can be painful sometimes, so you do want to get that checked out. Um, it could be some uh, something with the nerves or it could be something in the joints, so you want to uh, uh, rule out you know, one or all of those things. When would you go to emergency in, in the case of feeling th- that kind of pain? Well, are you having trouble walking? Yes. I wouldn't be able to walk anywhere when this is grabbing me, uh, you know, fully right uh, right as I try to walk from morning out of the bed. And, uh, you know, throughout the whole day, it grabs me several times. So I'm, I'm immobilized. Yeah, but you, you are walking a little bit. Yes, in between, it'll, it will lessen, the, you know, its impact. And then I can make a few strides and then it'll hit me again especially trying to lower yourself when you're sitting down, trying to raise yourself when you're standing yeah. up. And it, it's just beyond belief the pain is enough to make you <laughs> wish for an early demise, if you know it. I think, I think I'd be calling the doctor's office on the hour, saying, yes. fit me in, this is, I feel like this is getting serious. Yes. So it's not, not something you need, need to go to emergency, but you do want to get into your doctor, I think, in the next day or so. Debbie from Toronto, you have a question? Hello? Hi, Debbie. Go ahead. You have a question for our pharmacist? Yes, thank you for taking my call. I'm calling because my mother, she had a physical last week, and her doctor said, told her to get off her nada. She's been taking over 10 years, and he told her to stop cold. What is that, Nan? So alendronate. So yes. it's uh, something to help osteoporosis. Oh. Right. Right. So we have um, information now that um, after in certain people, not everybody, but in certain people, if you've taken it for five years, the benefits of taking it longer, so past five years, are not as not as good. So we want to we question why you should be taking it. So uh, you know your mother could be in that category, but what we'd want to do is look at your um, bone density, look at her bone density test and see if how severe it is. If it's moderate, then usually after five years, we can say, okay, well, we can stop it. And you still have some of the benefits of taking it for those five years. They seem to continue a little bit. Does that make sense, Debbie? Well, wouldn't he ask for bone density test to be done before he stop, we stop cold on it? It depends on when the last one was. Well, so I think about two, three years ago. Yeah, so maybe. I mean, you can always advocate on behalf of your mother and say, you know, maybe it's we should do another one. But um, if she if he's done a number in the past and it hasn't changed very much, then he he may may not want to do it. But okay, I want to get on to some more calls here. Uh, Jackie from Toronto, you have a question for Nayan Patel. Jackie, are you on the line yes, with oh, us? Yes, yes. Yeah. I didn't hear you say Jackie. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, good, afternoon. Add, or good afternoon. Good <laughs> afternoon. Um, uh, my MPP told me the reason that they're not funding uh, the shingles vaccine after 70 is because it's not effective. 
So I think the government is very cautious. And um, I know people who have come in to get the shingles vaccine um, after 70. And um, I still would advise it. I don't think there's any real downside. I think the government kind of does these things because they're thinking about the money. And um, they may see it um, not being um, as effective. And therefore, the prime for people, I think, is between ages of 60 after 60. So... um, I would still get it, even yeah. though the government isn't paying for it. But I would, I would pay yeah, for it. Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? Because I think it, your chances of getting shingles is greater once you're past seventy-five. And do, it, and do you give the shingles vaccine at the pharmacy, or you have to have that done in your doctor's you office? You have to have that done in your doctor's office. But there has been talk that maybe by the fall that might be something that you could get done in a pharmacy. We'll have to wait and see. Well, I hope not. Well, I mean, that was the same sort of thing with the flu shot that uh, pharmacists just started giving flu shots just a few years ago Just now. a few years ago, yes. Right. Yeah, this is a little different. That shingles fat vaccine has to be kept really cold, eh, before they can give it, eh? Even, even better reason to get it at your pharmacy, I think. Yes, right. Well, yeah, I'd rather get it at my doctor's. Okay, thank you. Okay, well, okay. thank you for your call, Jackie. Uh, yes, I mean, and that's sort of the way it's going with pharmacies, that their pharmacists and pharmacies are being empowered to be able to do some of the things that traditionally have only been done in the doctor's office. That's right. I think, you know, um, doctors are very busy. And I think if there's uh, anything that we can do to um, alleviate some of the some of the visits that they have, uh, I think that's a good thing. And do you develop a rapport with your patients at your, your own pharmacy? Absolutely. A, a great rapport. And, um, and, you know, the great thing about working in a small pharmacy and knowing all the people that come in is that, um, you know, I almost don't have to look through their records to, to uh, recommend a product. I, I, you know, I know their name and I know what kind of conditions they have. And, and that's what makes it um, uh, enjoyable to work in the store. Yeah, I find my pharmacist very amenable and very calm, and she has time for me if I want to sit down and discuss a drug or discuss some symptoms. I feel like they always are giving of their time. You don't feel hurried. You f- feel like they've got time to spend with you because they have assistants working behind the counter. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's... Well, it's, it's, it's great. We, we, we enjoy our local pharmacists and uh, visiting with them and maybe more often as time goes on. Uh, pharmacist Nayan Patel of the Ontario Pharmacists Association will see you again. Great. Thanks Thank a you lot. for coming in. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.